0: This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at firstclassmortgage.com. Now, here's Jupe and Vigo. Good evening, and welcome to the GPL podcast, episode number one hundred and eighty-five. Well, it's 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 Buckeye Week, and when it's Buckeye Week, we always have Paul Cappanigri on. And Paul, Cappy, how you
1: doing? Good, good guys. How are you? Um, yeah, Buckeye Week. I mean, I you don't have to label me as just. You know, oh no, Buckeye, we're gonna your Buckeye guy. Okay. well... <laughs> that's fine um but yeah it's good to be back um what's this number is this my sixth time oh it's, you had the record you had it on twitter a while ago I yeah remember. it's it's I, getting I, up I there believe i made it in there it's
0: it's it's getting up there i i believe that uh
1: twice our, twice a season i'm expecting
0: it oh a little cut out in the audio there but that's not so bad but um <laughs> veeg's uh quite the interesting weekend uh this past weekend, uh, Arizona State came in <laughs> missing some guys, COVID. This um, and maybe the message was also sent uh, by Coach Machco after the, the Notre Dame debacle. But it, it, twenty to two was the weekend. Vigs
2: not pretty for ASU at the end of <laughs> a, nearly a month long road trip. Anxious to probably get back under some sun for a couple of days of R and R. It's a team that was missing seven players due to, you know, illness or injury or precautionary COVID reasons. You know, they were definitely outmanned and outgunned on the big ice. And they've they have not looked good when they've come to three M at Mary Arena and just chalk up another weekend where they disappoint. I kind of hope that ASU gets their footy under them and they could become a program that could join the big 10. And I know they've played games along the way where they've been competitive and they can score goals. Heck, they put up plenty against Notre Dame, but when it came to playing with the Gophers this last weekend, they had a hard time getting the puck. It's one of those games where, you know, they should have brought two pucks.
0: <laughs> and, and Cappy, I, I just think they were just out of gas. You know, your short guys, you've got a club goalie playing part of the you know, first game. They've been on the road forever. It has been just a flat-out grind for Arizona State.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, at the start <laughs> of the year when they were saying, you're glad that we had, you know, a season, right? Because they're just happy to have what they have. But, At some point, I don't care how mentally strong you are, when you lose guys and you're this is the end of their road trip, they know they haven't had success. So your mind is already kind of coming in there like, man, and Minnesota is coming off of a sweep there. So you know they're coming. Like all the the dominoes were lined up for this. Maybe not this much of a pounding both nights, but you could, you know, you, you sense that if this, this, there was a good chance this might happen, at least the first night, second night. The game stayed – you know, they got it to four to two, and then it was like third period, you know, whammo. Um, But, yeah, hey, I mean, the Gophers kind of needed to do that, get back on track a little bit too. So uh, Arizona State, I think, you know, their coach is going to look at this like this year as kind of like, hey, this is – you know, we got a long way to go. We did have some success in the past, but we weren't playing a schedule like this before.
0: But but Viggs, it really is more about uh... (laughs) – You know, Arizona's just just trying to stay alive. And, and I think they did a great thing. You know, they're on the road all year, but they're playing. And um, quite a few schools that don't have conferences, they're not playing right now.
2: Yeah, I think ASU, all the players would say they'd much rather be playing their entire season on the road than having to hang up the skates for the year. I mean, there's a lot of other schools where it's difficult for players to be on the ice. You know, you look at the D3 schools and the smaller schools, it's it's a struggle. And so I think they're thankful that their administration is allowing them to go through all the protocols that the Big Ten wants them to go through, and they get a season out of it. It's just uh, too bad that they ran into a very motivated gopher team because that first game they came ready to play. You saw a team that was getting in on the four check, very cognizant that they had to get their ground game fixed. Very aggressive. Working and very aggressive. There are numerous shifts where you just saw people add on the train cars. And when that happens, the opposing D gets tired and you just keep working the puck in the offensive zone and you get easy goals around the net. And I think that's a recipe for success that Minnesota has to take out of this weekend. We know that sometimes they get in some bad habits. We'll talk about it as we go on. Uh, Coach Mosco talked about it a little bit on his radio show this week. And then again, at availability, You know, he kind of wanted to walk it back a little bit. But there are some things about the Gophers game that show themselves at time and keeps it a tight game. And when you're playing against a really defensive team that's got veteran guys that can counter on you, it can be a recipe that will get you into trouble.
0: But one thing uh, Matsko's been talking about a lot, he's got to get McLaughlin and Walker going. They did get going this weekend, so maybe a tired team – and, and and from Arizona State what, was something that allowed you know some of these guys who haven't been scoring as much kind of kick their game into gear and get them going. Well,
2: I thought it was a good weekend for them against ASU, and I think putting Scott Reedy on that line puts them more into that possession mindset because he makes so many intelligent plays on the rink where he maintains possession or extends a possession by winning a puck race, and he adds a lot to that line but I think Walker and McLaughlin can get into trouble when they when they turn into a one-and-done type line rush unit. You know, they're coming mm-hmm. down the rink, they're trying to beat a guy one-on-one, or they get in a position where, you know, it's pretty much even up and they throw a puck on net that just turns into a turnover. So I think having Reedy on that line maybe gets them into a higher level of playing, and maybe that'll rub off on them and just make them more dynamic.
0: So now, one thing, um, Cappy, is that Arizona State obviously they've had guys out from illness, they've had some COVID things, um, and now that's you know starting to hit some other teams. You know, you've got somebody like a Michigan who's shutting everything down for a couple weeks now. Um, looks like they're going to you know prob- they may need to use that kind of open weekend at the end of the year to sneak in a couple games.
1: Yeah, I mean, ironically, they're the one team not playing this weekend. I mean, obviously, Arizona State was, is leaving, so there's going to be some some gaps, and they're the team that's not on the schedule this week. They've already canceled Penn State. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to play Penn, Michigan State that following Tuesday, even though they're eligible, because at least from what I read, they're shut down for 14 days. Like, It's not like yep. – I could be wrong, but I don't think they can do anything for those. So they'd have one day of practice after doing that. So I don't see that feasible. I mean, they do have a talented team, but not even those young guys could, I don't think could do that after 14 days completely shut down. So, um, you know, I talked to, you know, we'll talk more about Ohio state recently, but, or more on, but they've had it. They haven't had a full team all season. They've had guys out bit by bit as the season's gone on. So, um, everyone's dealing with it. Um, you know, Wisconsin obviously had it earlier. Uh, so, you know, it's it's, tie, it's kind of a timing thing. Michigan's probably happy this happened now and not a first week of March, you know. So, I mean, if it's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah not, it, not ideal, but this is the world we're in.
0: And <laughs> knock on wood, the Big Ten has had some pretty good luck. I mean, most of the teams have been getting in their of games. Um, and I see Tim Hapke in the chat kind of saying, UMass has gotten in 17 games already and BU has only gotten in six. So, you know, you look at the Big Ten, they've been doing pretty good getting their games in, but you look out east and in other places, it's kind of been a disaster.
2: Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think that just shows you how fragile everything is with hockey. You know, even with all the testing, you know, the, the testing is not a metal, it's a metal detector for that moment, but it's not not going to show you that you're not going to be contagious the next day or the day after it's it's just a point in time thing that they're trying to do to contain things and I feel like some groups are doing it better than others about isolating you know we just saw the Washington Capitals have to have some of their star players out for four games because they're gathering in hotel rooms and the NHL found out and it's a big sacrifice that these players are making to try to make this season happen. And even when the infectious thick cases come up, you know it's it's such a contagious virus. it's not really their fault for you know going to their dorm room or walking to class or picking up some food or going to mm-hmm. Costco or whatever whatever it is, you know, it doesn't take much for the virus to get in. You just hope that the testing allows them to contain it and keep the season going. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Big Ten's still able to go is because they are doing that testing. So anything that does hit the team can get contained fairly quickly. Well, and since the other groups, they're yeah. not doing that.
0: Well, since the Big Ten is doing so much better, um, they went ahead and announced a, a few days ago, uh, Cappy, that you know the Big Ten tournament's going to be in Notre Dame at Compton Arena, just kind of a nice central place um, where, where all the teams will be in a seven-team tournament at one pl- or in one place. Um, how, do you think that's the way to go?
1: I I guess, uh, you know, I, I was, was, was Detroit going to be the spot or, or Minneapolis, or I actually think that maybe the, the NCAA tournament might be in, in Minneapolis, uh, come, you know, end of March. That's a whole nother discussion. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, a lot of people have talked about it. It's, it's centralized. So it's yep. kind of in the middle for buses. If you're going to do go that way, um, you know, South Bend's a small town. There's not a ton of people around there. Um, you know, and there's not going to be fans. And, and I think someone noticed that Notre Dame is done horribly at home this year. So it's not going to be mm-hmm. uh, a big home advantage. I don't, you know, if there's not going to be any fans um, you're like, I, I think the theme of this year is how do we make it as fair and how do we get it done, you know, safely. And I think it, it checks off the box. It's a beautiful arena. I don't know if you guys have either been there. It's a beautiful facility, uh, the Blackhawks have had training camp there several times. So there's they, it's set up to, you know, host some extra people if needed. There's a second rink right now. You know, they have a practice rink right there too. So, um, I, I you know, I'm sure there were a lot of discussions. It, it makes sense for, in my mind.
2: Yeah, I think Todd Molesky pointed out that when the Big Ten was wondering if they wanted to do a bubble to start the year, like the NCHC, did that notre dame was the likely site just because of all the conveniences of the different locker rooms the connected hotels the two rinks there were just a lot of things that made it possible for them to host a lot of teams on site for an event like this and i'm just glad that they're going to be able to try to get it done
1: exactly (laughs) i mean that's really the bottom line right is finding a way to get it done
0: and this is the you know if you can't have fans, you might as well go on campus. It just, it makes sense. I, it, it could be any campus, but I, I think it's a good choice to, due to that central location. And, you know, you know there, there won't be fans there. It's so, like and they you said, the hybrid rink. <laughs> it's <laughs> a wider, so that should be good for Minnesota. Right? And, but, you know, the benches are on the opposite sides, which, you know, it's strange. We've got, you know, I don't know how many rinks are set up that way, Viggs, but we know that Michigan State is and uh, Notre Dame is. It's definitely not the norm.
2: No, everyone's gone away from that, so it's kind of a little quirk to get used to. Old Marucci was like that too, so it's something to to watch through the game. Players just have to remember they have to get two feet on the ice before they can touch the puck. Final <laughs> cap, you saw that we had that come up in a Gopher game recently, and everybody was confused about someone coming right out of the box to play the puck.
1: I didn't see that. I mean, I I've seen. Well, I remember there was they changed the rule a couple years ago back. Because guy, they were they had, the the guy was coming from the bench and the puck was down the other end and it had nothing to do with the play. But the guy wasn't within the, um, the feet, I think, got rid of that, if I recall. I know Penn State, we were doing a game, I think, and Penn State had that uh, happen. And you're like looking, we're trying to figure out where this penalty happened. And it was a guy coming from, I think, might have been the goalie even. Just <laughs> like, you know, very, you know, Uh, I would say kind of ridiculous uh, over (laughs) refereeing or ruling kind of thing.
0: But Viggs, in this case, it was more like, wasn't that the Notre Dame series when a Notre Dame player came out of the box and played the puck before both his feet were on the ice? So the puck was coming up the ice. He reached out with his stick before he was fully on the ice. Isn't
2: that what happened, Viggs? Yeah. He had the expiring penalty. The penalty was expired. Puck was coming. He just played it with a stick before he stepped on which apparently yeah, is See that's penalty. the kind
1: of play that I don't want to happen if I'm doing the game because <laughs> I'm not gonna pull out the rule book and go like the seventy eighth page. <laughs> like I, I, I think I'm like I don't need that. That game I, I don't know if you guys it was on NBC uh, Ohio State Notre Dame where they had all kinds of things going on that game where the guy got a penalty, but then or they didn't get a penalty and then Notre Dame went down and scored. But then they went back and reviewed it, and they called it a penalty. And so they took the goal. First, yep. they weren't going to take the goal off. Then they did take the goal off. Then Ohio State got a five-minute penalty <laughs> and scored two. So instead of being down one, they were up one. Or up two, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. It, it was something that – It was really goofy. Like and they were asking – like, Thank asking, God I wasn't yep. doing that game.
0: That was an interesting game. I was watching that game, and it was like, did they really just do that? <laughs>
1: Right. But the, the thing goal, is, I mean, but he's crazy with rules and it's tough, but it I, makes sense.
0: I think in that specific instance, they made the correct calls because it was a check from behind. It was a major penalty. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I think they were kind of getting permission. Hey, can we, to, can we do this? Can we sure take the goal off? Bring,
1: yeah. I'm pretty sure they had the guy come down with the rule book to show him. Yeah. Yep. The goal has to come off too. Yep. So like even the referees, you know, didn't know, which, okay. Then I feel, I would have felt better if I was calling that game, didn't know the rule. Okay. If the referees don't know, I'm okay. With <laughs> Always learning.
0: Always <laughs> learning.
1: Oh, oh boy.
0: Well, I see we got quite a few people in chat. If if any of you people folks would like to uh, um, ask questions, you know, they're there. I know we got one question on Twitter. I'll hit right after this, you know, but first, you
3: know, we need to hear from our sponsor. Hey fellow GPLers, this is Jerry Peters from First Class Mortgage. Interest rates are near all-time lows and property values are on the rise. Lower your interest rate and remove monthly PMI at the same time to save thousands of dollars. Or use the equity in your home for debt consolidation and home improvement. The housing market is still hot, so make sure you're prepared by getting a pre-approval letter from me before you start shopping. Mention you heard about me on the GPL podcast and receive a $300 closing cost credit. Some restrictions do apply. Call me today at 612-940-3291 or visit firstclassmortgage.com to fill out a free online application. My NMLS number is four eight zero First Class Mortgages is 322-842. This is not an offer to lock into an interest rate agreement under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender.
0: All right, and of course we always... Uh... Thank Jerry for sponsoring the GPL podcast. Did we? Are you still there, Cappy? He's gone dark. <laughs>
2: we we'll got some connection issues way down there. Right.
0: Yeah, by the way, yeah, Cappy is in Florida right now. Oh, son of a, you know what? That's kind of what happens, though. Well, Viggs, I do notice a question in here. It looks like it's about a recruit. You know, Tim Hapke, he was in the chat earlier, but I noticed he he answered or asked earlier today, your thoughts on Hugh Glenn? I think that's how you pronounce his name. And if he stays healthy, is he expected to join the Gophers next year? I see him as a bonus recruit um, since he's been for, kind of forgotten about in the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, I think he's definitely a yeah. forgotten about player. You know, he got yeah. that... We got you back, Cap. We got you back,
0: Cap. We, we, we can hear you. We just can't see you, and that's okay.
2: If that's what the Wi-Fi allows, that's what it allows. <laughs> yeah, Huglin had the back injury that he had to have surgery on. He tried to play through it, rehab it, tried to avoid it. But he's, he's back now with Fargo, and he's looked really good in the first couple games back. And, you know, they're still saving a spot for him, I think. You know, he hasn't decommitted or anything. They'll look for another spot on Twitter. You never know with college hockey with how things go. But I think he is a player who's shown offensive skill where he could be a top six college player. And I think you find a way to make it work with a guy like that.
0: Wow, that was really weird. It's like Cappy disappeared and then he showed up in another window on our our thing. And now I wonder if he can hear us. Can you hear us, Cappy? Are you there, Cappy? I just see a frozen picture. I think he's trying to figure it out. This is fun. I hear something. Is he there?
2: This is what happens when you go live.
0: Hey, I don't mind it. It's fun. People, people are dealing with this type of stuff every day now with Zoom and uh, connections and. You
1: know. Am I back? Oh, am I back? Can you hear me?
0: We can hear you again.
1: I I can I can hear you. Well,
0: that's good. It's not the greatest audio, but we can hear you. That's all that matters. If you want, you can you can even pause your video. I can if, hear you. Well, this I can is, hear
1: you. How about now?
0: We can hear you. Yes.
1: <laughs> Come on.
0: Well, maybe maybe he can't hear you got us. Me or no? Hello, guys. Yes. I bet you he can't hear us. He
1: can hear me. Okay, what a mess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, good. Cappy, try hey, that. Try. I can hear you guys. I can hear everything. Yes, I can hear you guys. Yes. Sweet. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Am I delayed?
0: I don't know. Are you delayed? I'm just going to go quiet for a second. I see him nodding. This is, this is
1: great podcasting. Matt, for right away. This is great stuff. really because I... you're not hearing me until five seconds later.
0: I wonder if I should kick him out. I wonder if I can kick him out.
1: (laughs) All right, guys, I'm going to bounce off and come back.
2: That would be a great idea. (laughs) So just to keep going with that question a little bit, I (laughs) I think that next year for forward recruits, the ones coming in look like Pitlick, Hughlin, Lucius, and Nyes. Those those look That's like a the pretty good list. <laughs> those are all guys who are talented, you know, drafted type players, a lot of skill, you know, they're all kind of top 9 type guys. It's really hard to know what's going to happen with the seniors and juniors on the roster. Uh, they have the option to come back and play another year of eligibility. There's a lot of talk around college athletics of whether or not Schools will have the kind of budget where they can afford to bring players back for an extra year of scholarship hockey or football or basketball, whatever it may be. But they have guys that are talented coming back in the lineup. So I think any any kind of guys that they lose, like I will obviously probably see Reedy Munson move on, La Fontaine move on, but you never know.
0: Okay. I see Cappy. Can Cappy hear us? Oh, he's nodding his head.
1: Loud and clear.
0: You Wait, guys, I've been hearing look you at the that. whole
1: time. You're synced up time. again, though. Yeah,
0: you're synced, synced up, up again. again.
1: Yes. Right. Good. I, I went into airplane mode, did everything I had to do all the little, <laughs> little things. <laughs> Turned it on and off. It's usually what they tell you. Turn it off and turn it back on.
0: Hey, I be think about this when we were kids or any kind, you know, 10 years ago that we'd be meeting all like this and broadcasting at the same time. It, it, I think it's pretty it's amazing. amazing. You know, I thought it was cool that we would broadcast live audio all the time for our podcast. And oh, this is
1: great. I mean, it's it's so to, so to the, hang in there as long as I can. Now, <laughs> were you guys talking about uh, seniors and that kind of decision? And well, that we, kind of stuff. Or? He,
0: we were kind of talking about some about some future recruits coming in and how that's going to affect things, and some of the more quiet guys coming in and uh, things like that. So, uh,
1: well, that's I, well. I mean, how we were just talking about with Arizona State, I, they're going to – everyone playing this year can come back next year from what I've been yeah. told. So – and I think I was I was talking to one of the uh, coaches, of Ohio State assistant, uh, J.B. Bittner, who I played with. Uh, I'm like, what do you guys – I mean, how does that work? What are you guys talking about? Who's staying? Is Tommy Napier mm-hmm. coming back? When is that discussion? What about the goalie you're bringing in for him? All that stuff. Are there extra scholarships right now? Like it? How is that going to work for Minnesota if they, if McManus and Reedy want to come back or, or whatever? They want them to come back, and you know what I mean. Like there's just what? How are you recruiting guys right now? How? What are you telling people? It's wild.
0: Viggs, I. I, I I'm assuming they're just, you know, with Minnesota when they've got people coming in, they're just going to try to just keep things the same, aren't they?
2: I think that's the thing that they're floating out there. They're going to have to get Mark Coyle to sign off on having guys like Reedy and McVannis, if they want to come back, keeping scholarships. Because I think they'll be able to go over the 17 in this case to handle situations like that but you have players as they age out and they get drafted, you know, they're going to want to be playing college hockey too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because Pitlick and Lucius are the only two that have their analyze signed. You know, I think we'll see guys like uh, Hugh Glenn come in, but it, it's hard to know. I think guys like uh, Braz and Miller, the way things are going, they would probably benefit from another year in the USHL and, you Motz has been able to convince guys to do that in the past. He was talking that a lot with um, Kester this week, how him agreeing to go back in the USHL for another year has really allowed him to come in as a freshman and contribute. You know, when those three guys went away, the world juniors, he stepped up and was ready to play. It wasn't like he was a learning to play kind of guy. He was ready to plug in and staying that extra year of junior hockey really prepared him for that. So I think that's, that's going to be kind of the thing that they're going to be focusing on as they figure out who to come in.
1: I, I think hockey's too is 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 lucky to have that. To be honest, mm-hmm. so look at the other sports. Where are you going to go if you're a football player or a baseball? Player? They don't have juniors, uh, so I think hockey actually. You know, and and uh, you've seen a lot of schools, Michigan and Wisconsin, do it a lot because they get so many young guys that might leave the next year that they put guys and say and tell them, Hey, you might come in next year, but you might come in in two years because Quinn Hughes decided to come back for his sophomore year, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, hockey's got some luck on its side. The fact that guys have an option um, and the team, you know, the, the the coaching staff can have an option. Like who do we, you know, as long as we are allowed to by the school, because obviously it costs more money Um but yeah, hockey's hockey's kind of in a, in a but, better situation than most sports.
0: Yes, it's going to cost more money, and that's kind of one of the things here is that every program is bleeding right now with the right. loss of, with the loss of football money coming in. Uh, you know, you know, you know Vigs. You know, we saw uh, Todd Malesky talking about that today, talking about you know how Wisconsin is going to lose like forty, fifty million or whatever, even though they've made even a lot of adjustments. So we know all these programs in the Big Ten, you know, whether they play football or or, or hockey or not. Every every dollar is gonna make a difference these days.
2: Yeah, and that's why I think fundraising is the big issue right now for these schools to try to figure out how to balance their budgets as much as they can. I did misspeak earlier. Nice and bras did eventually sign their NLIs later. It was just late for them coming mm-hmm. come through. But I I have a hard time seeing bras fit in right now at their pipeline. It could be like that Mason Nevers situation where he signed his NLI a year early and maybe it was just to stop the phone calls. (laughs) We're, we're going there. I pretty sure that I, myself as a high school kid, want to play another year of juniors, but I just want people to stop. Is is that, that, can you do that? That, You can, but, but the school can't tell that player then that they don't have a spot. The player himself can go, to decide. I want to delay a year. But the school can't tell him, sorry, we don't have a spot for you. And I think there's a couple schools that have gotten into trouble a little bit with that. It's hard to know on these kids. Uh, the current coaching staff doesn't like to talk recruiting very often. And uh, they, they dodge a lot of questions there, but that, that's okay. And recu- like to talk about players on campus. And
0: recruiting is all messed up right now, Viggs, isn't it? They can't see anybody. They can't have anybody in. It's just, you know, is, is, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's kind of affecting the, the, the pipeline, you know, of the people, you know, they haven't even seen yet, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a dead period right now for the Big Ten. You know, they're not allowed to do any recruiting, so they're stuck watching video. And it's pretty good for the USHL. It's okay for the NHL, high school games really depends on the manager or whoever is is doing the stream some of the streams are really good but then others are just like okay not gonna get much out of this
0: but 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 imagine this happening back in your day Cappy. I mean everything is shut down you don't get to go visit I mean there's well, are you gonna send them a VHS tape of of your games I mean um yeah you know we talk about You'd this tech to- we talk about this technology that we're using right now in zoom and Um, I guess they could do that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, if if this happens 10, 15 years ago, it would be much more damaging to probably all sports.
1: Uh, Yeah, you'd have to rely on a lot of coaching relationships Mm -hmm. in juniors, I think. And uh, it would be... It would be harder for, like, maybe a surprise guy that kind of jumps up. A lot of these coaches have seen so many players already. They're recruiting them when they're 15, 16. Um,
3: you know, it would
1: be a lot of more um, on the coaches and looking at numbers. I mean, it would be like Europe. You know, you used to go to Europe based on numbers. Nobody knew if you were any good. But if you played in the AHL and you played 20 games, you were a, deemed a, a better – you know, you'd get – a better chance and a better spot in Europe based pretty much on that. Not really on anything other than having games at a certain level. So it would not be like that was, uh, you know, and, and, and relying on coaches. That was kind of how I, I got over to Europe was based on a friend coach who knew that I'd play, you know, all that. So yeah, old school would have been interesting, but now, luckily now every game is on video somewhere. So
0: so now we head to Ohio State this weekend, Viggs. Um We've got, uh, you know, Ohio State was here earlier this year with a 4-1 loss and a 2-0 loss. So they hopefully want to kind of avenge that and maybe get back into the race here. You know, we've got a 5 o'clock p.m. game on Friday, a 4 o'clock p.m. game on Saturday. It's a little early times. We're all adjusting to that this year. But uh, what are your initial thoughts about this weekend? And, and and
2: what does Ohio State need to do to kind of get back into this, Vigs? Well, I think this is a back-to-business weekend for Minnesota. You know, Steve Rollick plays a very tough style of hockey, and he shuts down the neutral zone, and he has a lot of good special teams work with Steve Miller operating those crews, and it's going to be a challenge for Minnesota. If they play kind of some of the sloppy hockey that you saw at times against ASU, you're not just going to get soft rushes back the other way. There's going to be a lot of speed going the other way and pressure. And if you are a team that starts having one and done's or you extend your shifts too long, you're going to get caught. So I think this is a real measuring stick. That first series against Ohio State, I don't think the Buckeyes were quite ready for big time hockey. You know, they, they looked soft on the draws, they looked a little loose with their structure, and Minnesota took advantage. I think it's going to be a very different series this weekend.
0: And of course, I'm always making fun of him, but uh, Cappy. Mr. Napier is pretty darn solid oh. back there.
1: You know, he's one of those goalies that is kind of a guy you can make fun of because he plays He doesn't play like a quiet game. He, if you watch him, he's talking to players. He's up and out of his net. He's very quirky. I mean, most goalies are quirky, <laughs> quirky and yeah. weird, but he he initiates with the coat with the referees and. Uh, players on the other team if they come near him. So he's, he, he reminds me a little bit of Ron Hextall a little bit, old, old school. Um, but, you know, he's not a guy that just focuses on the game. He it, I think it actually helps him. I talked to their coaches about it. He feels like he's engaged more, I think, if he's talking and doing his thing. But, yeah, he's a guy that can steal a game. He hasn't done that. He's kept him in games yet, but he's getting more shots this year. That's the biggest thing is, you know, if he's getting 30 – He's going to win you some games. He's been getting 35-40 in a lot of games, and, and you know, and that elevates the task, and they don't have the scoring depth as they've had in the past couple of and years. They, and
0: they don't have the team defense they used to have either. Of, you know, they lost a, three seniors yeah. last
1: year that played a ton. That You know, the young guys are coming, but it's hard to, you know, that five-man thing that he talks about. And they didn't have – they excuses are out the window, but they haven't had a full team going the whole time to implement their sub, just, I mean, everyone else, but if you had a, a veteran team like Minnesota does that doesn't help you, but you get a, you get along quicker as opposed to a young team that doesn't have the talent like Michigan does. Michigan can, those young guys, they can just run out there and out talent mm-hmm. the hell out of you. Ohio state's got some nice talent, but they don't have enough that if they're not playing the game that Rollick wants them to, they can struggle. So uh, it's, they're a building process there for sure.
0: And Vigs, you know, goaltending. You know, we, we've we've talked about this. You know, it, I'm, you know Minnesota has been better with this year with Lafontaine, but what makes a goal even better when this is when the team in front of him does the smart thing? You know, gets the puck out of the zone, cut, does you know much better defensive coverage. Um, and, and you know maybe Napier doesn't have that as much this year, but he's still doing pretty good. But it is really a team effort.
2: Yeah, I think team defense goes a huge way. Into a goalie's numbers, and we saw that with Minnesota in the first half. They did such a good job of shutting all their opponents down. There were hardly any rushes against. their special teams was really good. I think that's one thing Minnesota's talked about building some depth to their special teams. I think when Walker McLaughlin takes a penalty they kind of get out of sorts because that first group of Nelson and Myers is really good winning draws, establishing the first couple 30, 40 seconds of a kill. And then when they can go to Walker and McLaughlin with that next group, you know, they're speedy. They put tons of pressure on the other power play. The other power play might be trying to extend their shift and, and get a chance and they can create turnovers against ASU I mean, those guys are just hounding the ASU power play and, and being really dangerous. But when those guys take penalties, you know, then you've got some other guys filling that role and, and they've struggled a little bit. So I think that's really key to a a goalie's numbers is getting the support from units like that.
0: I'm I'm seeing a question, another one from Tim Hapke in, in the chat V. He's asking about Stoddicker. How's he looking for this weekend? I know Matsko talked about
2: that a little bit today. Yep. Stoddicker is supposed to be back. Uh, Apparently he could have gone against ASU, but they're being cautionary with bringing him back into action, being non-conference and things like that. So he should be good to go. He's practicing. Uh, Scott Reedy, you know, they probably could have brought him back even earlier too, but they're just being really cautious with, you know, his injury. It's something he's dealt with a lot the last couple of years. It's always kind of been a nagging thing. He was hoping it wouldn't come back this year, but it did. And that's why he's on the wing because his injury you know he doesn't like to go in the face-off circle with this one. So
0: <laughs> read into it as you want, there, folks. Read into it as you want. So Cappy, you're vacationing in Florida again, aren't we? Aren't you here? Are you gonna get in any golf down there? Have any fun?
1: <laughs> no fun. I, <laughs> I don't want to rub in. You know, because uh, I left uh, Chicago on Monday or so, and uh, then they got dumped uh, six or eight inches of snow. So. No, so um, sad.
0: So ter- that's just so terrible for you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, I, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'll try to enjoy my time here a little bit. It's a little warmer down here, so, uh, and I'll have my. Uh, do you get
0: BTN on your TV down there? Or are you going to be streaming it on your phone?
1: I, I, I do not. Um, I don't know. You, well, I'm going to have to watch the replay. I won't be able to stream it on my phone. I don't think or my computer because I have the you know, BTN to go, but you, when, if it's on BTN, you can't watch it live. I don't believe or I'm missing on something. I think you can. I think you have to watch a replay. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I can, I don't know, but I, those usually don't come up on there when, with the option.
0: You know, um, Pizzo's got to get so, you connected or something. I mean, he's got it. Well,
1: they do. They, I mean, they do. They hook, they get me connected. I get, you know, I get BTN go to watch all the games I want, but it's usually the ones that aren't on BTN. You know, and JB can't here, catch you the get you the team. You get the, you get the <laughs> SEC network down here. You don't oh, get the you don't yeah. Get BTN. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So a lot of hockey in the um,
0: SEC network this time of year.
1: <laughs> right, Alabama versus Auburn. Uh, yeah. So, um, but no, I'll get to the. I'll, I'll get to watch them. Um, you know, it's funny with with Ohio state, you know, I watched last week, I lost, watched, um, you know, Friday's game or Saturday's Saturday, the first game against Michigan state. And after kind of, you know, doing their game against Michigan the week before, I was like, you know, they just look lost or Michigan looked, you know, just in peak form. And I don't know if they can, you know, I think Minnesota may be the only team that can stop them if they're going on all cylinders. So, um, they had a great game Saturday. They were awesome. They outshot Michigan State. They beat, they went into Munn and went five to one. Mun is a tough place to play for yeah. anybody, and they you know, went in and played a really good game.
0: You know, I watched that game. I was I'm, I'm I'm starting to prep my kitchen for some painting, so I like I left the room for a little bit to do some work, and all of a sudden I came back and it was like because it was like tied in the third period, wasn't it? And then all, yeah, they, they or were something. Down, all of a
1: I, actually, they were down, but they were out shooting the whole yeah. Game finally tied it, and then they got ahead, and then it
0: was boom. I come back, and it's like 3 so. or 4 to 1 already. I'm like, what the heck did I miss? Yeah. It was real quick. So I try to keep all those. Yep. I, I try to put those games on because, you know what, there's nothing else on TV I'd want to watch right now. So it's college hockey. Sure. I, lo- I love it. I don't, you're, pre,
1: you're pre-scouting too, you
2: know. So, Campy,
1: what does Ohio State look
2: like when they're playing well this year?
1: Well, watching that game, they were just skating really well. They looked confident versus Michigan they didn't look confident they looked scared to have the puck on their stick and you know and that has a lot to do with your opponent I think so um, I think they had a little more fear going into those games and maybe they didn't against Michigan. Michigan State's a good team but they don't have like the firepower they're going to grind you kind of like them so they're looking themselves in the mirror I think they had a little more confidence. I think when you have confidence you play faster when you don't you slow down you throw the puck away you're chasing the game so when they're Confident with the puck and playing their game, they're you know they're playing the Ohio State game that you would remember. They just don't have that consistency yet as a young group, you know, learning on the fly. Um, so you know that's why I think you know this weekend could be interesting if they can, I you know they might get a, be able to split because I think they can pull bring that game at least one time against Minnesota. I'm not doing any predictions yet. <laughs> I'm just saying, just saying, uh, you know, uh, if they Saturday's game was like, wow, they looked really strong. And then, you know, Sunday they get shut out to nothing. So uh, they're not, they, they, they're not going to score a ton. I mean, they can
0: Roller coaster.
1: They don't have those. They don't have those top end guys like Lazinski and Yobst and, and Yobstin, those guys, Right now, I got some nice – couple of young guys. Like, Traylor is a really good little player. I love his attitude. He could be a – he's going to be a future captain there. Um, But, you know, they, Quinn Preston, Gustav Wesson was back. That was good for them. They they're missing him for games. I mean, he's mm-hmm. center. They can be a little thin. Traylor and him up front, that's a number one and two. That's a good one-two punch at center. But, you know, they're still trying to get some young guys on the D end. You know, Uh they just a little thin back there at experience. And that's when a veteran team like Minnesota comes in and, and, and can kind of, you know, put some pressure on them and maybe take that confidence away.
2: What's, uh, what's their know, special teams been like, like their power play units? Cause there's just so many new guys on those spots. Uh, well,
1: yeah. Well, the one guy that's kind of taken a big step this year on defense is Gabriel uh you know he's he's always been known as an offensive guy my my a friend of mine coached him in Waterloo and called called him a riverboat gambler cuz he <laughs> you know uh he was a very uh my friend is a very uh you know chip it in chip it out guy and didn't like the the that kind of game the risky play but he came to Ohio State and we actually interviewed him uh previous to the series against Michigan and he talked about how he came into Iowa state was the first time he ever got healthy scratched. And it was like a shocker to him. And he's slowly built his game to where by his junior year, he was a regular playing in the top four. But then this year is his first chance to kind of implement the offensive side more. And he's kind of running the quarterbacking that first power play. Um, So I think he's done pretty well. He got a big shot back there. Um, But their power play has been inconsistent. I think the numbers are okay, but it's one of those things where they'll look bad and then they'll get one on the rush or, you know, it's one of those kind of power plays where it doesn't look dynamic, but somehow they've got their one for four on the power play. That kind of thing is how I see it. That was the Gophers, like, all last year. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the Gophers on that big ice. I was against Arizona State. They reminded me of my time, you know, like, zipping it around and just using those seams. And it's fun watching them when they know where where they are and how they can take advantage of a team on that ice.
0: Yeah, I. It, it's been a while since we've seen ten goal weekends. It, it almost seemed like a like a twenty goal
1: weekends. You mean?
0: Well, like tw- ten goal games, <laughs> I should say. Well, right. Ten goal games. I mean, even that uh, second game, it was like, oh, it's four two coming into the third. You know, it might be five two or something like that. All of a sudden, they just blew up, and and that was it. So that that was kind of odd. Um, but you know, you know, we you talk about you know. They had a great game, you know, Ohio State the first game. Then they had, then they get shut out. You know, we've seen Notre Dame come into Mariucci do a great job, and then you know, they struggle against other teams. You know, they struggle against Arizona State, Viggs. Um You know, Minnesota has been kind of up there so far. They started, but everyone else is just kind of up and down and kind of very unpredictable and. And, and then, you know, Notre Dame comes into Minnesota and we're thinking Minnesota's doing really well. They've been predictable and then they're unpredictable. So it's
2: kind of all over the place this year in the big 10. I think that's just college hockey right now. It's hard to have consistency. Uh, You heard the players talk about how the coaching staff was almost kind of going easy on them Mm -hmm. up until the Notre Dame series. It's just like, you know, let's just enjoy this season, stay healthy, keep everybody fresh you know, you guys have been through this before. You'll be fine. And then they play a real hard game like that, and it's a real strike uh, to the reality. And i heard the practices have been more intense, a lot more battling. And I think it's going to be a tough stretch for the players down the road here as they, as they try to stay focused. But I think coaches this year, with all the weird schedules and all the unknowns, I think there's just more roller coaster because they're not in their usual season plan, you know, college hockey, hockey coaches take things pretty serious. When they get their season plan, they kind of put together their season practice plan, their season travel plan, mm-hmm. their season conditioning plan, you know, they're planners. And this year that's all out the window. And so everything's a little bit more on the fly.
0: I mean, we were even kind of talking about planning, you know, when it, when it comes to television before you, you came on Vig, so I was talking with Cappy, Cappy, you know, we're used to, you know, you you'll you get the second half t v schedule you know when everything's going to happen and the, and now you're kind of like it's 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 a week by week decision thing going on right now, especially for the these t v networks,
1: yeah it's you said a second half schedule usually you get the whole thing you know yeah. and a month before the season starts, obviously that wasn't going to happen this year and and what's making it even more difficult now is you have women's volleyball in there and They do really well in the big 10 network. Yeah. And you know, they've already started their season and now you're, so you're, now you got hockey, women's volleyball, wrestling, and then the basketballs and obviously the men um, carry the freight there. But so I just think they're really just trying to piece things together. I think the good thing is that they are being able to play games earlier, like on a Friday. Yeah. You're going to have maybe a four o'clock game. Yeah, You know, they're adding a few slots there, which you can, you're not having fans. So, you know, most people a lot of people are at home, maybe working or but they're finishing their day at four or five o'clock, so they pop right on to watch I, the T V. So I, I kinda like it.
0: <laughs> I kinda For like us. it. You know, these a couple of these days, like on a Friday, we play at five, it's like or kind of yeah, finish I, up your day. You I, don't have that long wait and you're ready to go.
1: Uh, I but, think it benefits too. I think it's helping turn the turn the Wheel on the old. Oh my God! It's got to be Friday and Saturday, seven o'clock every week. I think. I think that might have. Sh- that ship has probably sailed for good now, um, in terms of for everything, for everybody, in every sport. Now, I think the times are going to be forever different for all sport for a lot of sports going forward.
0: On the Minnesota side, Vegs, you know, people have been concerned. Oh, well, I'm not going to be able to watch the games. The games aren't going to be on TV. Well, the funny thing is. Every game so far, except for the very last series, is on TV. We don't know about what's going to happen with Michigan. Somebody's going to put that on because it's going to be two really great teams playing at Mariucci at the yeah. end of the season.
1: That's that's going to be yeah. yeah.
0: But you know we you know we've got one game that's stream only. That's that second um, uh, Notre Dame game in a couple weeks. Um, actually, some networks will be picking it up, but not locally here. But yeah, yes, the TV schedule is weird this year, but
2: this might be the best year for video slash TV we've ever had. Yeah, you might not get your Valley Sports Network, but <laughs> there are ways to watch the game. And I'm sure if uh, Cappy were to get in touch with JB, I'm sure he'd figure out a way to get him a stream and, and get him logged in so he could watch <laughs> his Buckeyes. But if you're a fan, there are ways for you to watch. You know, maybe are- a little little different than you're used to, but the games are there. The games are fun. This uh, Gopher team has really got it humming, I think, in terms of talent. You know, this is a great blue line that they have. They've got great goaltending. If they can get their forwards scoring at the level they're capable of, they're going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah.
1: All right, wait, let, you know. Wait, go ahead. Well, one one last thing was, you know, with that is, you know, nobody's spending money on on tickets. So by getting that the BTN app, you know, you get pre, you can watch any any of the games. You know, besides the ones like the ones if their games on F- FSN, you know, that maybe some people don't have, um, you can watch those. I know you can watch those on B, you know the BTN app. Mm-hmm. So um you know you spend that money on that cuz you're not you're spending that's about a quarter of what's maybe a quarter of what season tickets would be um at most places maybe a little more at a Minnesota but <laughs> we don't need to talk about that uh, uh, don't yeah, get the fans there. going now you get every yeah you get everything on there and you're you know you're, you're not paying for any tickets so why not a few bucks to watch all the games
0: all right cappy it's time for your prediction minnesota oh coming into Ohio State this weekend your alma mater how are you feeling yeah. about it
1: you know what I, I i feel you know what it's it's interesting i i kind of gave it away earlier but i think it's going to be a split right. i i do i think um i think the buckeyes are going to find a way to play their best game one of the nights and tommy napier is going to play well enough uh and, you know, I think on, you know, the, the ice at Ohio State's not the best. You get a lot of quirky bounces in there. Um, you know, it's a smaller sheet now. Minnesota's been flying around, you know, in their arena. I think they're going to find a way to get one one of the two.
2: Mm, okay. All right, Viggs. I was just remembering, I think it was last year, there was really bad ice for the gophers Buckeye series, wasn't it? It was a game, it came down to the last couple of seconds, and it was just like every scoring chance down the stretch was just puck bouncing. Bouncing
0: over a stick and, yeah.
2: I mean, they're yeah. Not, Napier's not going to be able to knock off the goal post off its borings like he does when he's at <laughs> Marucci all the time. You, know, you, can't, you can't do that to your home rink guy. But, uh, you know, we can watch and see if it happens. He might go to it. But <laughs> I, I do like the way Minnesota played coming out. Each game against ASU, I I thought that they answered the bell after their weekend against Notre Dame where you just saw them get frustrated and try to do too much on their own. I think there was a real strong effort to get the ground game going, to look for possession plays, and to win those second pucks. Because I I think that's the biggest thing in hockey. You can't be one and done. If you're going to put the puck on net, you have to have players there to get rebounds, or to chase down pucks in the corners. And if Minnesota's on their game, they're able to do that and apply consistent pressure. We will see if they're able to do that against Ohio is, is it, what
1: is, is this? Is this a, is this a prediction? Or is this yeah, no, I know. Kind of <laughs> I mean,
2: what are
0: we doing here? I got five minutes of show left.
2: I got five what's minutes what's of show, left. Of five five minutes right, of show you, left. You
0: got as much show as you oh, want. Well, but...
1: well, in that case, I want three more minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Equal time. <laughs> <laughs> Equal time.
2: <laughs> So here's the thing. I think that Minnesota is going to be able to play that game against Ohio state. I still think Ohio state's a little green and it could be that situation where Cappy was talking about how Ohio state against Michigan got a little starstruck, got a little nervous. And we've seen that out of young Minnesota teams too. When they, when they play against somebody, you know, they're not interested in extending their shifts. They don't want to get minus, you know, when they're on the ice. You know, they're not looking for scoring opportunities. They're looking, how can I shut down the (laughs) other team? And how do I stay off the the minuses? So I think sweep for Minnesota. There it is. I
1: mean, I heard that. I heard it coming. There it is. is. (laughs) say it already, man. I I knew you were saying it. Just say it already. (laughs) I do think
2: that second game is going to be a one-goal game. Oh.
1: So you're like 4-1, 3-2?
2: Yeah. I could see like a 5-2, 4-1, and then like a a 2-1, 3-2 game the next night. I I just think Minnesota right now has enough firepower where they can overcome some growing pains if Ohio State is there to answer the bell each night, and I think they have enough to get through right now, especially if they get in a special teams battle. I think Minnesota's got way more experience there than Ohio State does. I know Steve Miller does a great job with those units, but Right now, they got it going at Minnesota. It'll be fun to watch, though. Let's put
1: it this way. The sweep, one way or another, is way less surprising if it's Minnesota. I'll say that. Okay?
0: Which is I mean, why I'm predicting sweep by Minnesota. That's just kind of what I do.
1: That's yeah. what you well, do. that's what
0: you do. That's what I do. I mean, come on. Consumably Not all the time. I, I just started consistent. it more this year when I thought the team was better.
1: I was a little well, slow are. to get They're, on that. They are, and I'll take my what do I got, 3 seconds no. Um, I just wanted to kind <laughs> of mention the whole whole Big Ten and 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 how I see it right now. If you're gonna break it down into kind of um,
3: power Tears. ranking
1: and not power tiers, I'll go tiers. Tears. But I think it's clearly Minnesota and Michigan at the top, uh, and I think Wisconsin's kind of that team below them. And then I think the other four are kind of you could put them all mash mm-hmm. them all together. Um, Penn State's coming on, and I think if they can get goaltending they got a shot and i'll say this anybody can beat anybody when we get to those one game yeah. you know it, it's going to be anybody but right now i man i when michigan now it's sad that they're going on a thing but michigan looked so good the last four games they look like at the, where they were at the start of the season i think they got all those guys now they're not worried about world juniors or any of that stuff uh the guys that didn't make it like the um Uh, Beecher didn't make it. He's, I got four goals and three, you know, I just think Michigan is, is, they got the goalie. I think them and Minnesota are just who, but now Wisconsin's got guys back Holloway's back. And then those other four are tough, but they just haven't been able to kind of scare you as much. So that's how I kind of break it down. I'm sure that a lot of people think that way, but that's just kind of how I see it. Well,
0: Michigan did move up into second place this weekend, but, uh, that they do have two games in hand, which, uh, it's significant. They, they've
1: got the t- they got the talent that could go on a run and win nine out of ten easily yeah. if they get you know on a roll. And then what is it, March sixth ish or seventh is the big series that could be for first place. But if they get really hot,
0: yeah, it's it's the last series of the year, March fifth and sixth.
1: Yeah, those. I mean, you know, those six point weekends. You know, if Minnesota has one more weekend where they don't get any points. You know, that's mm-hmm. where it can flip. If not, I think, you know, they're and it's going to be very hard for them not to get points in a weekend. I think they're just too good. But that's where it could, you know, that's a 12-point weekend. So one more of those, say, in a Michigan getting six and them getting zero is how they could flip it. But, you know, it's going to be very difficult for that to happen.
2: I give a lot of credit to Notre Dame for, for getting the oh. six points out of that series with Minnesota, but I think a lot of it had to do with Reedy and Stoddicker being out of that lineup and the team just coming into that weekend unprepared. They just did not play with the right mindset to, to put themselves in a situation where they could win that series the way they
1: played. Yeah. I mean, look at Notre Dame, look at four. They have four regulation wins against Minnesota and Michigan they've swept <laughs> both of them on the road, on the road. Uh, but then Michigan went in and swept, you know, them and I could see Minnesota easily going into South Bend and doing that. So in order, and it's a wild card. Like I said, those four teams at the bottom, they're, they're, can, you know, they're at the bottom, but they could beat anybody. Anybody can beat anybody. Uh, that's why this is a fun league.
0: That's why it's a great league. It always seems to be close. I mean, you know, we had Notre Dame run away with it a couple years ago when they first came in the league, but, uh, you know, and, and ever you know, I guess when Notre Dame came in, that's when things got competitive. Because at first, the, the first league, you know, Minnesota just kept winning the league title. Minnesota was winning, yeah, that. because you know, all the other teams are down and they didn't have great playoff runs. But uh, they, that's kind of right. what it was. But now the leagues are much more competitive. I mean, it's it usually the goal always goaltending
1: comes... has gotten better. I feel like Cale yeah. Morris said, "I like got every, gave like everyone the 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 goal to go out and get good goaltending because like." <laughs> You know the no one had a nobody should have been winning the Big Ten goalie of the year and stuff. I mean it was the numbers yeah. were pretty awful. Yeah. You know it was fun. I loved goals and the league was exciting that way. But when Notre Dame came in, it kind of just changed the league completely into like a more of a defensive. Uh, brought them back down to the college mean, so to speak, in terms of yeah. goals. I mean, games were seven, eight, nine goals every game. It was fun to watch, but it kind of wasn't the best hockey. connor he was a lot of fun to watch oh ccm line yep
2: that was a good one yeah they were pretty good
1: yeah
0: well thanks for joining us cappy it's always great to have you on the podcast
1: absolutely uh hey if you want me on hey you would be a great one at the end of the year if we get to the end where they're trying Mm -hmm. to figure out ncaa stuff and how they're doing it and who's in it Uh, Maybe they'll add me to the the selection committee.
0: That's a shit show, you know. It it, you know it's gonna be it's it's gonna be
1: uh,
2: complete.
0: uh,
1: How can it not be? It's uh, you know I think uh, yeah. Well,
2: like you look at the college hockey news. They've got their power rankings of the top sixteen, and they've got four WCHA
1: teams in there. Come on, bit bit aggressive. (laughs) what did how many big 10 teams did they have just three just Minnesota probably
2: yeah I think Wisconsin might be in there still they should be I mean Uh, they've got the talent they've been up and down I think with them with the COVID stuff and the junior stuff that really hurt them more than
1: a lot of other programs I think but I think people know yeah and I think people know just like with Michigan Michigan was 500 and they were still in the top 10 because people aren't stupid they know unless they you know start losing games which I don't know, you know, a ton of games I don't see it happening. Well, but, they'll get you know, swept. They'll get aware. swept at
0: Minnesota at the end of the year. So that's that'll put them down.
1: Right, the but way. that's not a bad sweep. <laughs> you know, those bad True. sweeps out. There. That's not a bad sweep. Uh, but yeah, no. I, it's going to be a shit show. Right? <laughs> I don't know how else to, I don't know how else to put it. it well, it, it's not we it's not there. only going to be it's not
0: only going to be fight. a shit show, but we don't know what it's going to be. No one has said anything from the NCAA about what they're going to do. So we're assuming it's going to be a smoky room.
1: I asked Mel Pearson about it last week and he, he gave the shoulder shrug. He hasn't, he doesn't know he knows. I think Mike Kemp and Bob Daniels are the only two that I know of right now that are in that committee as of right now that I know that I've heard and saw that they were named to this committee that is going to choose uh, teams. So, uh, Boy, I, I hope the Big Ten is represented in that committee somehow, some way. Um, but you know, I, I, I you know, in, in September, October, we were like hoping we're just gonna season. So if we're arguing about that in, in yeah. March, and we got to that point, great. But it's also gonna be interesting how they do it. You know, I'm sure it's gonna be a bubble. I can't see how it's not, but. Like I said, we can talk about that another time. <laughs> enough of your time
0: tonight,
2: guys, right? Viggs, you got anything else for this weekend? What should we look for? Anything odd? Just look for that first period if they're getting pucks deep or if they're turning it over and doing one and dones. I think that first 10 minutes is going to tell you a lot about how the weekend's going to go and if the message is there for them. Having Scott Reedy back, I think, is tremendous for their forward group and an important player for them. All right, all right. Well that's gonna do it for the GPL podcast. I'd like
0: to once again thank uh, Cappy for coming on with us. You know, we'll be back next week to uh, recap the Ohio State series and then preview the the Badger series with uh Tom Maleski. For Those of you currently watching live, stay tuned for a little bit of overtime for this to you. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.